So good morning, my name is Andy. Uh, I'm part of the team with Rachel. We, we lead the church here at Hope Street. And we are, as we start this, this church in these first few weeks, like we're wanting to, to look at this subject of encountering hope. Our hope is in the person of Jesus. And so we're looking at some different instances in the gospels where uh, Jesus encounters people. And today's one is from Matthew 14, starting at verse 22. The setting for this is Jesus has just fed the 5,000 miraculously uh, with this little meal of two bread and five fish and uh, expanded it to to feed 5,000 people. And it says, from starting at verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. He's talking about the Sea of Galilee. Um, While he dispersed the crowds, And after he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone there. Meanwhile, already far from land, uh, the boat was taking a beating from the waves because the wind was against it. As the night was ending, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost, and cried out with fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Jesus said to him, Lord, if it is you, order me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water. And came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, he became afraid and starting to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they went up into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those that were there in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Today, I want to talk to you about finding freedom in an age of fear. In the the mindset of the ancient world, uh, the sea was a place of chaos and darkness. Uh, The depths of the sea, a place of disorder and death. A realm where there was a load of superstition, uh, of monsters and forces that raged against God. And you see this theme of chaos being picked up in the Psalms, that songbook of the Jewish people. Psalm 69, verse 2, I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters. The floods engulf me. It was only God who could have control over the wind and waves. Psalm 89, who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. The sea was this chaotic place, a place to be feared. Now, I've been fortunate in my life to go up the Eiffel Tower. I I say fortunate. I'm not brilliant with heights. Um, And I remember walking up those steel steps of of that tower, uh, looking down through all the holes in the wrought iron and thinking, what? am I doing? Literally, my legs felt like lead. And as I came out onto the, like, the first level of that tower and looking down at the floor like hundreds of feet beneath me, despite this thing having stood for hundreds of years, I was thinking, 
it's going to fall over. It is literally going to fall over. And seeing the handrail in front of me that was about chest height, I was thinking, I'm terrified. I'm going to fall over the edge. Fear and anxiety are natural human emotions, instincts uh, that keep us safe. Dr. Kate Middleton, who founded the, uh, the, the charity Mind and Soul, which is a brilliant website, a resource for anyone who's interested in the area of mental health and spirituality. She's also recently started this thing called Headstrong for Young People. Really encourage you to check it out. She says, anxiety is your brain's way of grabbing your attention and focusing it on something that might be important. Anxiety is triggered when there is uncertainty in your future and the possibility that something bad might happen. A worst case scenario appears in your brain warning you what might happen. And anxiety creates changes in your body that are designed to grab your attention, set you up to react and get you thinking. However, all too often we don't instinctively react in a helpful way. When we become afraid or anxious, often our instinct is just to run. Fear is incredibly powerful. It can rule our lives in negative ways. It can keep us from trusting, from loving, um, from taking risks. And in this season, many of us have come, uh, have been confronted by our darkest fears. Fears of losing those we love. Fears around our own mortality. Fears of loneliness and isolation. The fear of not having enough. These are real fears and there's nothing that I want to say today that diminishes um, those. But here's the disciples in the boat, in the sea, on a storm. They've been rowing all afternoon and all night. It's like three or four in the morning. They're out in the middle of this big lake. It's blowing a gale and... Uh, and they're getting nowhere. They're exhausted and they're becoming increasingly scared. Fears are all around. But here comes Jesus walking on the water, not staggering, not bracing himself against the wind. No, just strolling over the chaos and the storm of the sea. Jesus is the one who can walk on the surface of the chaos. He's the one ruling over the seas. He is God. How do we find freedom? Firstly, reach out to Jesus. The name Jesus in, uh, is a Greek version of the Hebrew word Yeshua, um, which is translated in our Bibles, Joshua. And it's formed by these two Hebrew words, the name for God, Yahweh, and the Hebrew word, Yesa, which is translated salvation. Joshua basically means God is salvation. And this word, Yesa, uh, means to be rescued and led out into a wide open space. King David, writing in Psalm 18, describes God's deliverance like this. He says, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me. He brought me out into this wide, open, spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. 
Yesa is a description of God's deliverance, like originally uh, uh, delivering the nation of Israel. The, the account that we find in the book of Exodus of, of him redeeming them from slavery and, and rescuing them at the, at the edge of the Red Sea from the Egyptian army that's pursuing them by parting the waters so they can walk through on dry land. He drew me out of deep waters. He led me into a wide open space. And back to this passage, here's Peter beginning to sink and cries out, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand and pulls him out of the water. And you know, this is not here by accident. The words are written in this way, I believe, by Matthew, because he's saying to those that are reading this gospel, look, Jesus is God. He's the one that's doing what God does. He rules over the waters. He, he pulls us out of deep waters and leads us into a wide open space. It's a picture of the liberation that Jesus has won for each of us at the cross for everyone who would receive it. When you follow Jesus, his plan for your life is to pull you out of deep waters and lead you into a wide open space. You know, it's who Jesus is. The God who liberated slaves from Egypt wants to liberate you. And it's why people who, uh, who find Jesus, people that are that are struggling with addiction sometimes that find Jesus. Um, when they come to Jesus, they find freedom. So reach out to Jesus. He is our hope for freedom. Secondly, hold out for hope. Reach out to Jesus. Secondly, hold out for hope. You know, we want to be a church that prays for, that stands with those that are trapped in addictions, crippled by, uh, those crippled by anxiety and fear, believing that they can be liberated. But the truth is, we will still encounter daily battles with fear. A life with Jesus doesn't keep us from the storm. He doesn't promise us a life free from fear. He says, in fact, elsewhere in the, in the Gospels, in this life you will have trouble. And in fact, in this story, Jesus sends the disciples into a storm. But then when he comes to them in their struggle and terror, he first of all says, take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. And it's as the disciples recognize his voice uh, that their fears calm. The one who rules the storm and the waves is here. Jesus promises you his presence today. In some ways, what Jesus says is really practical. Uh, he's saying, take a breath. I'm here. Don't panic. Don't run. Just look inside yourself and choose courage because I'm here with you. To have courage is not to live without fear. The, the author Brené Brown says, we're all afraid. We just have to get to the point where we understand. It doesn't mean that we can't also be brave. You know, listening to fear is a great way to make bad decisions. Time and again in the Gospels, Jesus commands people to don't be afraid, just believe. 
And to become a person of hope, like our vision says, will require us to refuse to make decisions purely based on fear. Now, this isn't saying that it's not good to have boundaries, but as we decide what to do about something, to search our own hearts and think, am I making this decision um, in a way that's just settling for the illusion of a small, safe world? Or in love, am I giving space for God to act, to transform? You know, where fears would tell us to shut down, to to shut it down, to shut up shop, to run and hide, to exchange risky hope for a certainty that leads to us living small, isolated, anxious lives. Hope tells us to wait, to hold on, to take a breath and base. I loved what Sarah Wheat said in that interview. Uh, to walk along, uh, like we want to be a place that we walk alongside side people to see them liberated from their own chains. But that requires love, and love is risky. In some ways, fear is the enemy of love, because love has to risk. Love risks heartbreak. Later on in this passage, it's, it's as Peter uh, keeps his eyes on Jesus that he can walk above the waves. But when he focuses on the wind and the storm, he begins to sink. And I just want to ask you today, simply, each day, where is your focus? Where is your attention going? I think in this, in this time of life where, where we're, in some ways, all our days bleed into one thing, Rhythm is so important, and I don't know about you, but I find myself so easily distracted by uh, what's on my phone, scrolling through social media or, or the news, and all that stuff is great in some ways, but um, it's also taking my attention onto things that cause me just to, to, to dwell in comparison or uh, consumption or, um, or, or conspiracy. And these things are not focusing on the things of Jesus. You know, none of us know the kind of heroic battles others are fighting right now just to keep their eyes on Jesus and not the waves. I I know on Friday I went out um, for a walk to to exercise and as I did I I put on some music to listen to and uh, uh, and I was listening to this song by a friend of mine called Rich Decas, and it, and, it, and it basically just really spoke to me. It just said, um, the, the words of the chorus are, Find rest, weary soul, in the open arms of Jesus, be made whole. He's not anxious for your future. Come to him, wait for him. You know, in some ways, the uncertainty of this season can be exhausting, and, and what Jesus would want to say to us today is hold out for hope. And if you're in a storm right now, Jesus is saying to you, take courage. It's me. I'm here. My presence is near you. Fix your eyes on me and find rest. So secondly, hold out for hope. Thirdly, step out in faith. In the midst of the fear and the storm, suddenly uh, this voice from within the boat says, Lord, if it's you, uh, tell me to come to you. 
Now, Peter has this reputation as this kind of lovable, uh, impetuous disciple who wears his heart on his sleeve, the kind of guy who jumps in on instinct without fully thinking through the consequences. And maybe he hadn't thought through everything about what, what came out, his, out of his mouth. But what comes out of his mouth is just, just unedited faith. Lord, if it is you, tell me, order me to come to you. He's basically saying, Jesus, you are the word, the logos, the one that spoke creative order into being. I know that if you speak and ask me to do something, on your voice is also the authority to speak to creative order, to make the way for it to happen. So speak and I believe that you will make a way for me to come and do what seems impossible. And in that moment, what only seemed about survival completely changes. Fear changes to faith. And you know, Peter's words are those of somebody whose mind has been renewed by God. You know, if we roll back a few months in Peter's life and he's in a boat, a, a different boat, again with Jesus and, they've come, and he's come back from fishing all night having not caught anything. And Jesus gives him some fishing advice and says, throw your nets in again. And Peter's response is one of uh, cynicism and doubt. But a few moments later, when he's counting this miraculous catch of fish, like that doubt disappears and his thoughts, his, his thought process has been renewed by God. I wonder, like Peter's area of expertise was the sea. I wonder what your area of expertise is. Like God wants to transform your thinking and send you out. Uh, to be his hands of liberation for those uh, in this world. He wants to transform your thinking. I think that's what's happened to Peter in this passage. You know, it's rare that God bends the laws of nature he puts in place like this. But what the Gospels tell us is that to be a disciple of Jesus is in some ways to be an apprentice in the impossible. And what he's looking to cultivate in you is a heart of faith, a heart of obedience that takes him at his word. And could it be that in this moment, you know, where in some ways, in a similar way to the disciples, you know, it, it might feel like you've been rowing all night and, and the dawn is yet to come and you're exhausted. Could it be in this moment that um, from the other side of what seems impossible, uh, God is, is speaking to you. From the other side of what seems like an insurmountable challenge, Jesus is saying, take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. Perhaps it's to give up that destructive pattern of behaviour or forgive that family member. Perhaps it's to um, completely change your business uh, in light of what's happened over COVID. Perhaps it's to retrain. Perhaps it's to believe that you can uh, be a, the, the parent you want to be in this time. Perhaps it's to break out of the words that have been spoken over you. Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come to you. 
speak it into being. Faith, you know, is risk. Um, it's spelled R-I-S-K, as somebody once famously said. It's jumping off a diving board into an empty pool and trusting that God is going to put the water there. But Jesus looks at Peter, this heart of faith, this heart of belief, and says, come. Peter stands up, wraps his garments around him, steps out of the boat, and begins to walk towards Jesus. How do I find freedom in an age of fear and anxiety? Reach out to Jesus. Hold on to hope. Step out in faith. Confident in the knowledge that Jesus is the one who is with us in the storm and leads us out into a wide open space of freedom.